You wake up in your East Hampton home on Long Island on September 27, 1983. You're a real estate millionaire in your early 40s. You're living high in this small town off the east end of Long Island. You moved out of Manhattan here because you're claustrophobic and didn't like all the people in the area. You have a beachfront property, but you know you have to wake your kids for school. You wake your two kids, Jonathan and Ella. As they get dressed, you turn on the TV to catch up on the night's news. Static. You see Ella come down the stairs. Mommy, what's wrong with the TV? I don't know, sweetie. You walk outside to check the antenna. Then, you cover your mouth in shock. Where the New York skyline should be, Mushroom Clown appears. Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton, and this is our episode on a 1983 Soviet nuclear false alarm incident. On September 26, 1983, the United States and the Union of Social Soviet Republics were at their highest tension. Only two months after the USSR shot down a South Korean passenger plane in Soviet airspace that was carrying a U.S. congressman. On the 26th, Stanislav Petrov was working in the Soviet Air Defense Forces, where a nuclear device launched at the Soviet Union could be detected. A machine malfunctioned and reported the U.S. had launched a nuclear device at the Soviet Union that was somewhere over Siberia. Due to various reasons, Petrov declared it a false alarm, which it was. This likely saved millions of lives, even billions of lives, around the entire world. But imagine if you got sick with, say, the flu, and someone else was standing guard. They could declare an act of war and act accordingly. In 1980, the U.S. had over 23,000 nuclear weapons. The USSR had 30,000. Other countries with nuclear weapons included the U.K., France, China, Israel, and India. In 1983, there were 60,116 nuclear weapons in circulation around the world. Cities all around the world would fall, and all nations, kindreds, tongues, and peoples would be affected. Your name is President Ronald Reagan, and you're in Air Force One somewhere over West Virginia. It's only been a few hours since nuclear devices enveloped cities across America. Your boy home, home, your boyhood home of Dixon, Illinois, has been spared, but your ranch in Southern California has not been. You're flying to a safe base in West Virginia. George H. W. Bush, your vice president, walks in. Not once in the history of our country has such a crisis arisen. No, none has. But I must deal with the fallout of this event. What do you propose we do about this mess? Evacuate who we can. We realize that the Soviets have a strategy. They sent one nuke to each of our hundred biggest cities. They sent two to the ninety biggest, thirty to the eighty biggest, and so on. New York City received twenty nukes in its area, plus those from nearby cities like Newark. What places have been spared the most? The Great Plains and the Rocky Mountains, in addition to West Virginia. We say you should choose a small town far from any fallout in a defensible position. What are my options? Nephi, Utah, Sioux City, Iowa, and Helena, Montana. What are each of their pros and cons? Nephi is far from any fallout and is in the mountains. It is also in the far west and we will have to cross over somewhere to refuel. 
Sioux City is far from Fallout and close enough, but nothing to really defend it. Helena, Montana has the same issues. Nephi is the best choice. We'll move the temporary seat of government there. Call Governor Matheson. Sir, he is dead. How about David Smith Monson? He is living, sir. Right now he's in Provo, but is evacuating to Nephi like the rest of the state. Your plane goes through a patch of turbulence. Call Speaker O'Neill and Secretary Schultz. Tell them to get to Nephi. A wing on your plane explodes. You're frightened for your life, and you see bushes, too. Now! You yell. You see he calls three numbers and has very short conversations. Then he puts on a parachute and throws one to you. Take it! Bush screams. You put it on and prepare to jump. Bush goes first, then you. Bush pulls a string on his backpack. You scramble to find it. As the earth comes closer and closer to you, you finally pull the string. You hit the ground hard. When President Ronald Reagan parachuted out of Air Force One over West Virginia, he broke his leg. He went by bus to Nephi, but in a coma after the fall. On December 10th, he awoke, but mentally unstable. Modern doctors suggest he had been exposed to high level of radiation in combination to his already old age. The 25th Amendment was enacted, and Ronald Reagan resigned after his cabinet voted to remove him. George H.W. Bush appointed Bob Dole his vice president. <clears throat> America wasn't the only place with problems. All members of NATO and the Warsaw Pact had been affected, as well as close allies of each, such as China, North Korea, Australia, New Zealand, India, Nepal, Pakistan, Taiwan, Israel, and every country in Latin America. To make matters worth, worse, roughly unaffected areas in the Middle East and Africa, an effective and affected areas in Asia and Europe received massive amounts of fallout due to global winds. Ethiopia and Kenya saw much of the fallout from India, and Europe got much of America's fallout. Radioactive hurricanes and cyclones would occasionally hit, too. Then came the collapse of the world order. President Bush realized America would be unable to survive this crisis. He had Congress call for a vote to dissolve the U.S. government. Almost every congressman, Republican and Democrat, voted for it. Everyone was now alone in the U.S., and places began to band together. The Republic of Texas formed first, which included all of Texas territory at the time of her annexation, plus Oklahoma. New England united next. Deseret was soon formed, made up of Utah, Nevada, northern Arizona, and western Idaho, with parts of Wyoming. The area of North and South Carolina, as well as Georgia, united into Carolina. Great Ohio, Greater Ohio formed two, with most of West Virginia, Indiana, and Michigan, in addition to Ohio, being put inside of it. Pennsylvania and upstate New York became one state. Most of the hit areas remained in radioactive zones that no one lived in. The Confederation of California formed, but it was far from the state of the same name. After losing her biggest cities, California would never be the same again. Indian tribes began to retake the Great Plains, and most of the South became the Confederation of Dixie. Illinois managed to survive as a state government as well as Wisconsin. The Upper Peninsula of Michigan became superior. Then there were things in Europe. 
The UK collapsed completely, with Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, and Cornwall all becoming independent. France was crippled and released Toulouse, Normandy, and Brest soon after the 1983 crisis. Benelux countries stayed mostly together, although Luxembourg had been annihilated. Germany collapsed regionally, with Prussia, Bavaria, Bohemia, and other small states resurging. Upper Scandinavia fell into anarchy with most of the polar regions. Spain collapsed into kingdoms. Canada was back, back in the Americas had collapsed into independent states, again with the polar states falling into anarchy. Alaska was the only polar country to survive. The USSR imploded, with Turkestan forming out of the Central Asian wreckage. Crimea picked up the wreckage in southern Ukraine, and the Caucasus developed into several states, small states. Africa and Latin America fell into tribal control. Japan fell into just island kingdoms. The Koreas collapsed completely, becoming a mess of city-states. Egypt, East China, and West Russia were completely uninhabitable. The world was crippled permanently. There were 4.6 million people in 1983. In 1984, there was 1.1 billion. State College, Pennsylvania. 53 Winter. 1. P.A.W. You're a local historian whose main job has been to convert dates into the new dating system. Months became seasons, and each year was labeled post-atomic war. For example, the dropping of the first atomic bomb occurred in 38 BAW. Now you're, historic, now you're in the historic season in the Pennsylvania, Republican Pennsylvania legislature. If all goes according to plan, the Delaware fallout zone can be settled, a massive region of uninhabited land extending from northern Virginia in the south to Long Island in the north, encompassing parts of seven former U.S. states. You're awaiting a message from Governor General Thornborg, who has not given his opinion on the subject. You check your watch, 11.59 a.m. The Governor General walks out. He begins his address. My fellow Pennsylvanians and New Yorkers, the Congress of the Republic and I have agreed that limited settlement of the Delaware fallout zone may begin. We have devised a plan. The area will be split into five grounds. Ground zero will be the one-mile square region where the bombs were dropped in New York City, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, Newark, Jersey City, and Yonkers. Ground one will be two-mile square. Ground two will be three-mile square. Ground four will be five-mile square. And ground, ground three will be five-mile square. And ground four will be the remainder of the affected area, as well as the regions affected by the fallout from the Atlantic Ocean winds. The same system will be applied to the Erie fallout zone and the Pittsburgh fallout zone. I'm currently announcing the settlements of grounds 3 and 4 with details in 0, 1, and 2 to come. I'd like to add a personal note. I had many family members who lived in Phil the Philadelphia region who were killed by the fallout. Fallout settlement zones like the ones Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania have become commonplace. The Republic of Delaware's priorities to sell the Atlantic coast led to a shocking discovery. The clouds of fallout had settled over the ocean, blocking all contact with the old world.
Back in Europe, the Iron Curtain collapsed. Communist and capitalist countries both were under fire, and nations around Europe collapsed. The West fared better, but in 4 PAW, Portugal and Spain fell into anarchy. Ireland came in in 5 PAW. The UK and France were the only European nations to survive, even if they were shadows of their former selves. A new plan would be needed. The UK started stationing forces in Ireland and Denmark, while France stationed forces in Catalonia and Benelux. The U.S. began to move troops to northern Mexico and Cuba to subside warlordism. If you look at today in the, in the former United States, you can see some cities beginning to be rebuilt and calls for a reunification of the U.S. People are finally making contact with Europe and Asia again, even if it is very limited. This has been an episode of Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we like to ask that you give a five-star review to this on Apple Podcasts or, or wherever you're listening to this now. If you, if you enjoyed our show, I would recommend subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this now. The views presented in this episode do not necessarily represent the opinions of myself, any involved in the production of Imagine If, or any person mentioned. This podcast is a work of fiction. All people, places, and events mentioned are fictional and or incidental.